This is Steel and Drex On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday afternoon, 2 to 6, on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. All right, let's talk uh, the future. Let's talk 2018. What are things going to look like? In fact, let's revisit 2017 too and see how things went. Uh, Nicholas Babington is here, our uh, futurist. Good afternoon. Hey, how's it going? Good. I haven't seen you in a while. No, been you've busy. Been, you've been flying all over Europe, all over to Toronto, and because and, everyone wants yeah. you on stage, man. You, you, you've been uh, one of the most popular keynote speakers for 2017. Yeah, like, so it's certainly been a busy year, so finally it hit, it hit the ground and like taking some time off. How have we done in 2017 when it comes to future-proofing ourselves? You know, you talk about uh, you know where things are going, how we're going to be working in, in the future, how we're going to access different things, how we're going to pay for different things. Are we any closer to where we need to be? Yeah, it's a really complex question because, I mean, you can look at yourself and you can look at your work, you can look at home and family, yeah. but then you've got to kind of look at the government and, and everything right. that sort of binds things together, like, the municipal systems and whatever. The, right? the future for me is, is, is now, I'm just like, oh, so I can just, I can just put my credit card on my phone now, that's yeah. kind of cool, and I can just tap it and it... And I'm on my way. That's yeah. that's kind of cool. And or, that's or that's just sm- a simple thing, right? Yeah, just on your smartwatch or or anything like that, right? You, yeah. I mean, you you we we're kind of we, we're very very carefully stepping forward. I mean, that a lot of the big organisations and government, it's been about crypto. It's been about cy- uh, cyber security, mm. locking that down, making sure that's all good. It's about cities looking a little further in terms of terms of connected citizens. Do you, and whatever. Do you find it hilarious that there are companies and citizens who are who are leaps and bounds when it comes to technology? over and above of what governments can really handle. It always seems like governments on a federal, municipal, and even provincial level, uh, you know, maybe in a state level, down for the state... Uh, they just not, uh, they're not keeping up with technological changes. Yeah, so I, I'd say about a third of all presentations, keynotes I've done this year and, and consult- consultations have actually been with those governments. And I talk about predictive government, which allows us to get a view of the future, um, like, you know, five years down the line, so that we can track where companies like Uber, Google, Facebook, all these people are going, um, you know, infrastructure, new technologies. Because, you know, the big corporates have got billions of dollars in the war chest, and we don't have that at the municipal, even mm. provincial, federal level to make changes plus we're behemoth organizations that are quite bureaucratic so we can't move that quickly so so canada's been taking it very seriously they've been looking at policy and regulation how they can be flexible and how they can work with you know these very large companies to work out where they're going because what's happening and this isn't necessarily a good thing is that they're coming back and they're, they're starting to define how cities schooling systems or whatever are actually working because well, technology's hitting it really well, hard well, and fast. T- Toronto is a great example yeah. a- along uh, along Sugar Beach there where Chorus Key That's is right. and yeah. I know that we're an investor in this. There's going to be a massive technology park there. Yeah, yeah. Google Sidewalk Labs. It's actually really interesting like Smart City connected everything. I- explain it to the listeners who may- maybe don't know anything about so, it. So um, they, they've got specialist people that, that look at urban development they look at the systems, the data infrastructure, smart city infrastructure that binds an entire neighbourhood together. So it's going to be kind of one of those super modern, all connected, sensors everywhere, fully optimizable, dashboard on your computer, like city city area of Toronto. Um, And Bill Gates is actually doing this just outside of Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona. And he's actually like investing a huge amount of money. There's one happening down in the UAE as well. So it's... This is a big thing about tech companies coming into own cities. It, it kind of reminds me of that uh, that w- one season series that we had on Showcase on one of our cable channels called Incorporated, where yeah. many years into the future, 
uh, cities are essentially run by corporations because, you know, like you said, corporations have massive, 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 massively deep pockets yeah. and can invest in newer technologies and maybe show local governments up somewhat. Yeah, yeah go down to Seattle. It's run by Amazon, Starbucks, and uh, and, and Microsoft. Right? What, what are the pros and cons of, of, a, of a large tech company like that uh, being so heavily involved in cities? So, um, for example, so, say, say if you've got a total population of employment between three companies in an area. I'm not going to say which three companies. We sure. could even talk about those three. And and say if suddenly there, there's a t- downturn in the economy, and say out of all of them, there's suddenly 35,000 people laid off. Right. In a city infrastructure, that's people that can no longer pay, um, find new jobs because it's, it's a downturn in, in, in an economy. Um, that there are people that can't pay their rents, that aren't going to use the restaurants that opened everywhere to service everyone, that aren't going to be spending food, like using municipal transport, paying the taxes in the same way. It affects people greatly. And there's some, there's some problems with like Amazon going and looking for the HQ2 across North America because they want to walk into a city and be the predominant force. Suddenly, if there's a downturn in, in that kind of... Um, presence, mm. yeah, you've got a problem economically with with the sustainability of the area, and it causes like that mini recession. We, we we know that we are getting closer and closer and closer to a lot of the th- a lot of the things that we see and hear and and jobs that people have every day. We're getting towards automation. Yeah, where, yeah where, we're, we're getting there. Where a lot of the jobs just aren't going to exist. In yeah. fact, uh, Christian Saint Cyr from the VC Labor Labor Market Report says that. Uh, 80% of the jobs that are going to be around in 20 years haven't even been invented yet. That's right, yeah. So, so where do we see ourselves in 20 years? Is it, you know, when you, when you say, oh, there could be a downturn in the economy yeah. and you could see people lay, laid off, how many of us are going to be working in the next 20, 25 years anyway? So we're not going to be – so there, there's this – I talk about redeployment, not yeah. unemployment. Right. I, it's like taking someone that flips burgers in McDonald's and that person becomes a front-of-house person that actually looks after the computer infrastructure that automates a whole bunch of stuff. Sure, there's going to be people um, displaced, but they're going to go and do different jobs. I mean, at no point in, in big revolutions like – so industrial revolution, mm. here comes the spinning jenny. It's like, did we lose more jobs? No, actually, we, we created an abundance of new jobs. It's like, okay, when uh, electricity hit the world, did we suddenly lose tons of jobs and people stopped working on farms? Well, all the yeah. lamplighters got fired. Yeah, 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 yeah. The lamplighters mm. are out of business, um, but then you've got a whole abundance of jobs. Automation hits, we redefine how we work with that. Right. But really, you know, AI, it, AI isn't like Arnold Schwarzenegger walking around town like completely autonomously doing everything. Yeah. They're going to need, need human wisdom. And what I've been talking about is how do we go from data, information, knowledge into the wisdom economy we're the people with wisdom a lot of us are going to have to smarten up and there's going to be cross training it's not going to be easy mm. um educational systems are going to have to change to think about this new how world. drastically though because because you you know some people will say right now yeah. that it, you know by the time you're in grade eight you probably have a fair idea of what you kind of want to be doing as a grown-up but by the time you get to that point where you leave high school that career may not be a thing anymore so yeah. how, how do we how do we guard against that in the future, you know, because you know they're they're teaching uh, you know kids to code now because that's yeah. going to be useful. Uh, it's useful now. It's going to be useful more in the future as yeah. well. Are there things that we could be learning now, or or do you think we need to take almost like a uh, a Nordic approach to? Hey, wh- what are you interested in? And let's focus your energies on learning that. Yeah, I mean, you know, you learn the basics, hard skills, soft skills, and then you apply yourself. I mean, I've changed careers five, six times in my 20-year career span. I think it's going to be normal for kids to maybe never work for a corporation, work for themselves, do projects, um, 
earn money that way. So but, being but, a freelancer might yeah. be a thing. Yeah, it's a, d- doing their own thing, and sometimes they'll dip in and spend a year at a company, and then they'll come out and they'll do their own thing. We're already seeing this happen. I think this is going to be pretty normal. I mean, what does that mean economically? You know, some people are still going to make tons of money. Some people are going to like have that like subsistence uh, like wage or whatever. Yeah. But like, there, there's going to be this ebb and flow. But to think that suddenly we, we hit a switch, automation comes to mm. a city, and and tons of people are out of work. It, it's a it's a little bit too much like scare tactics what, what do you make of uh a couple of different places now trialing uh universal incomes yeah. as well what what are, you, what are your thoughts on on where that's going to go so universal basic income is the idea that you get x thousand dollars per month and it's a subsistence so you can pay your your um your salary sorry you can pay your your rent you can buy your food your bills yeah you've you got your basics taken care of which is great it's like a replacement for social security so it's not in addition to a social security system right so that what the good thing about it is it brings everyone out of the poverty situation mm-hmm. and into like a level playing field absolutely everyone gets it so so it's equal even people that earn more money over do, the top do you think that's going to be a pretty standard thing in the future I, th- I think that we're, we're carefully treading towards it. I mean, we did experiments like this in Canada 40, 45 years ago, and they're mm-hmm. very, very successful in Manitoba, yep. in Dolphin, Man- Manitoba. But like, um, like we are seeing it around the world, and it's being trialed, and, and it's working to get people feeling happier, working working harder, and being a more connective community, better health. You know, all these things are positive from it. But people have been hanging that, like, if automation's coming, then people aren't going to be working and yeah. universal... No, that's not the story. Yeah. The story is that this replaces uh, Social Security. It's more equal. It's more fair. Taxation's going to have to be higher at the, at the top level, you know? Um, so it, it's going to be tough for people that are earning more money. But, hey, um, you know, here comes my socialist in me. Like, <laughs> let's spread the wealth a little bit, right? Well, what do you think of when, when people come out and say, oh, if we... If, if, you know, because automation is going to be a fact of life. In fact, it already is in yeah. a lot of different industries. Uh, you know, some people... You know, and this maybe go back to your scare tactics thing. Uh, some people are saying, "Well, maybe we need to have a robot tax." Yeah, do, do, you, do you see? Do you see a do you see a world where corporations may have to pay governments taxes for to you know if they're replacing humans yeah. with robots? How do you see it playing out? I don't see it. This came from an interview with Bill Gates earlier in the year. It's kind of this. It's like if you're going to tax a robot, then you have to tax a computer. And you have to tax a switch in a machine. It, right. it's, it's like, where, where do you draw the line? The, the bottom line is, like, um, if, if there are levels of productivity and profit happening, it, it, it's a much more complex question around corporate taxation. Right. But, you, but you say that, you know, it doesn't matter anyway because we're, we're basically going to be in a position where we, we can re-educate ourselves and then yeah. be redeployed into different industries anyway. Yeah, and, and we're going to be, you know, manu- manufacturing in certain aspects is coming back to North America and coming back to Europe from, from Asia. And, and I would say that your good example, and a Let's yeah. use McDonald's as the example. Yeah. You know, you might be uh, in the in the sort of area where you're flipping burgers, yeah. uh, but you might be retrained and redeployed because what happens now when you walk into a McDonald's? There's three or four ordering screens, right? Someone has to maintain yeah. those. So yeah. that becomes the new career, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, e- even if you look at energy, they say that the oil jobs are going, but the, the new blue-collar work is solar and wind. Right. Right? It, it just changes in, in, into, a, into a new area. Yeah, right. So you're still in the technology industry. You're just learning the new type of technology. That, 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 that's, that's it. You know, I, I mean, I speak on stage. I used to work with data. I worked in advertising. You, you, you ebb and flow 
and you change. Yeah. And we got to get used to that, really. But if we if there's a lot of manual labor, it's going to take a while for that to be replaced because robotics is, are expensive and, and hard sort of manual tasks that are very complex, difficult to do, right? Uh, but Nick, if, if you are moving things from A to B and stapling it, yeah, your, your job's gone. Nick Badminton is here. Here's uh, CKNW's Futurist. You can go to his website, uh, nicholasbadminton.com. We're going to talk uh, a little bit about, can we touch on Bitcoin when we get back? That's yeah, been in the news recently. Uh, stay there. More with Nick next here at uh, uh, 980 CKNW. Uh, Nick, Nicholas Badminton is in studio with us. He is uh, a futurist. You can go to his website, nicholasbadminton.com. Uh, we were just talking about the, the future, where we're going in the future when it comes to, to, to automation and, and work and the such. You, every January, put out a look forward. Yes. Can you turn on his microphone, please? Uh, you do a, a look forward every January. Uh, one of them might be how to replace board operators at radio stations. But what is one of the things you're looking at, <laughs> at the, in the look forward in January? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, every year I come out with this report, and it really just sets the tone for what I'm going to talk about, but other people find it interesting. So, because right. um, yeah. I just want to set the scene yeah. here. If, if no one's ever heard of Nick before, what Nick does is 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 governments and corporations bring Nick in for advice about the future, like yeah. where 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 should they be going? Because yeah. this is. This, you're, you're into this up to your neck. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I research and study and work really hard. My new report's 200 pages long. Next year, I'm calling it um, the, um, the year of radical creativity. For so long, we've trusted the big, the big um, te- technocracies. I'm calling it, you know, Apple and Amazon and Facebook and, and, and Alphabet and, and whoever, Microsoft, yeah. to, to come in and, and define what the solutions are top down. And they're trying to solve, you know, cure cancer, feed all the people in the world, connect everyone to the internet whatever and i'm saying radical creativity needs to come from people in smaller teams and smaller organizations to build ground up solutions that then additively come together and make huge changes in the world so it's more like a social movement of radical creativity and i talk about a number of things one of the things i'm very excited about is the world of energy we're kind of at a crisis point that um, we can't just move to renewable energy anymore like we've already got hydro about 60 percent renewable in Canada still dirty right though it's still dirty it's, it's still dirty it's in a lot of aspects still a lot better than burning coal unfortunately you looked at alberta that's what they do for energy but we can't just say okay we're all going solar we're all going wind we're all going hydro and we've solved the problem of, of global warming we can't do that so um, one of the big things is about doing geoengineering of the atmosphere right so cooling down the atmosphere so um, in Harvard, they, they're starting a study in the new year where they spray aerosols into the atmosphere to start seeing some of the smaller effects of bringing down um, the, the temperature. It was actually something inspired by a, a volcano um, blast back in 1991 in, in the Philippines. Right. Whereas like, it belched so much... Uh, Energy. Uh, it, well, it belched so much matter into the air, it actually cooled down the, the earth by about um, one degree. And, and you write about this in your report coming yeah, out Yeah, I January? go through all this. So 200 pages. Yeah. When's so, it out? Um, it's out on January the 2nd. And it's going to be on your website? It's going to be on my website, yeah. Nicholas, ba- that's Nicholas with a K and yeah. an O, uh, badminton.com. Nick, yeah. we- we've run out of time. We've got to oh, wrap it up. But sure. I-, I appreciate you coming by the show and setting the tone for 2018. Indeed. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right, we'll take a break. More Steel and Drex on the way. It's 980 CKNW. Steel and Drex, weekdays from 2 on CKNW Radio.